And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Front and Nationwide, the Athletics Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. This is episode six, I'm informed. Uh, Aaron Portsign with the Athletic here, joined from remote by Allison Lucan and Tom Reed. You guys are on assignment. I can't say where, but say hello to the fine folk listening this morning. Good morning. Hello? Hello. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we both spoke at the same time. At least to my ears, you did. We did. Uh, so the Blue Jackets opened the, the uh, exhibition season last night. You guys didn't miss much, I have to say. Um, a bit of a slog fest. When the referees are skating better than the players, you know you got issues. Um, that's what it looked like at times last night. Buffalo, 4-1. to one. Uh, Chicago is in town tonight. Blue Jackets dressing a pretty good lineup tonight. Um, so you certainly think that now a day or so away from the skate drills and, and the, uh, the insane, intense amount of skating that John Tortorella puts them through, uh, will start to gradually get their legs back. Uh, the first large whack of cuts one assumes is going to come late tonight, uh, perhaps be announced Wednesday. I would bet they... Feels like double digits to me. I think a lot of the kids that that they know are going to go back to junior will go back to junior just to get them settled in early. Maybe some of the tryout guys that they brought in and have had a a closer look at will will have been weeded out as well. Uh, Interesting to me that that the one uh, free agent tryout who is drawing into a game is, I believe his first name is Michael, and I'm going to screw up the last name, Prepovicious. 
Did I get that right, Allison? Well, I, I am certainly not one to verify, but I, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the defenseman, who I thought was really good at Traverse City. Noticeable. Uh, yeah, and he's going to play tonight. He's going to make uh, his Blue Jackets exhibition debut. A couple other little notes. Liam Foody in the lineup tonight. The Blue Jackets' first-round draft pick. And this is surprising to me, but Cole Sherwood, not that he's in the lineup, that's not the surprising part. What's surprising to me is he hasn't played in an NHL preseason game yet, which I would have thought he, yeah, I thought, I mean, my mind's eye says he's been in a couple of games before he's gone back to junior, but that's not the case. So uh, that'll be interesting to see tonight. Um, So Bob and Panarin are dominating this camp. These are sort of simmering stories that are going to, I fear, be with us for a while. Um, Let's today, though, take a broader look at, at, at what we think this team is going to look like when it opens on October 4th. Um, I think we know they're going to keep Panarin, Dubois, and Atkinson together. After that, it gets interesting at forward. I think we know they're going to keep, at least in the short term, in the early going, Wierenski and Jones together. After that, it gets interesting. The goalies we know. Um, let's first, let's go forward first and tell me where you think that's going to break down. And we'll start with the centers and sort of build out from there. Cause they've got a lot of different directions that they can go here. Uh, and whoever wants to take a whack at that first, by all means, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's what's interesting First and foremost, overall, and all of us have commented on this to each other uh, one time or another, is how much depth there is in this camp. It's crazy. Um, Center position is interesting to me. You know, what it looks like, and you said center, but if I look at the wingers that each center has been skating with thus far, Mm -hmm. three and four make it interesting. I think we're still Dubois one, Wenberg two, but... You know, I've commented on this a couple times so far, and it's super early, but Riley Nash is skating with Sonny Milano and Anthony Duclair. Is that your fourth line or is your fourth line Jenner Dubinsky Anderson, which is nuts. So my gut tells me I feel like Nash is the third line center, but the forwards these guys are skating with thus far says he might start in the fourth line position. Yes, that's a... Interesting thing to me, too, because my thought was that Dubinsky would come to camp as the fourth line center and work his way up. Right. Right. That the free agent guy that they signed here would probably get the first dibs to go higher in the lineup. So that it, I do think by the wingers that they're playing with, you say, well, Nash is the fourth line guy because Milano and Duclair clearly would be fourth line. No way Anderson's on the fourth line. Right. Um, so, Yeah. Interesting, interesting point. Tom, what are your thoughts with these machinations up front? Very too so so early. It's hard to it's really hard for me to get my mind wrapped around um, some of these guys and where they're going to play. I just remember the first um, exhibition game, and I'm just using this as an example that um, that Wierenski played and he played with Jack Johnson. So things can change as camp goes on. Um, I would agree that just looking at the wingers, you would think that Dubinsky would be the third line center. Again, it's, it, I think it's really early to 
to to peg guys where they're going to play. But I understand why we're doing it because there really isn't a whole lot of battles for positions. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we're talking about how things are going to settle down, but I don't know that there's really much confusion about who is going to make the team. Like we, we did a roster breakdown on Sunday and yeah, there's going to be some tough decisions there. Are they going to keep 14 forwards? Are they going to keep 8D? They can't do both. They can do one or the other. But I don't know. I, I just don't buy this. Jonathan Davidson might make the team. And yeah. that's nothing against him. Yeah. Um, he could, I guess, if he's great. But to me, if if a Jonathan Davidson makes the team or Eric Robinson makes the team, that says something went really, really wrong. In training camp, not for those guys, obviously, but for another guy that they're counting on. They've got 14 guys on one-way contracts, right? And so maybe one of those guys gets displaced. Maybe two of those guys gets displaced. But you're not going to keep Eric Robinson at the NHL level as the 13th or 14th forward. You're not going to keep Jonathan Davidson at the NHL level as the 13th or 14th forward. So those guys are going to have to bop somebody out of the top nine to get a spot. I just don't see that happening. Like, to me, the toughest calls are going to be Duclair or Hanekinen uh, or Milano. Milano can still go back down to Cleveland. I know right. that seems strange for a guy with 14 goals, but he can go back down to Cleveland. Um, and those other guys have one-way contracts that have to clear waivers. Now, is it a big, huge risk if you put Hanekinen on waivers? I don't know that. Um, but th- that's really where the question lies for me. Um, but boy, if you've got a Jenner, tell me, Allison, what a Jenner Dubinsky, knowing what you know about these guys analytically, what does a Jenner Dubinsky Anderson line look like? Where are the soft spots on the ice for that trio? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting there, Jenner is sneaky in how he can complement what happens on the ice even though he's not the fastest guy on the ice. He's really good at putting the puck in the corners in the right places. So he can still help move the puck, even though he's not skating it. What concerns me about that, I mean, it's a big line, right? That's a big, hefty line in terms of what they can do. But, you know, Anderson is is the fastest of those three, in my opinion. And so I, I, I worry if that holds back Anderson a little bit in terms of his full potential. So they might become more of just the, the big four check line as opposed to hardcore scoring threat. I think they'd have to figure out a, the way they wanted to score together. I think they'd have to sort through some different things versus yeah. the way those top two lines would be trying to generate offense. Yeah. And Anderson, I, I can't remember exactly where I read this. One of us wrote it, or maybe one of the other guys in the beat did that Anderson spent time at skills camp this summer. Tom did. Yeah. Good job, Tom. Like uh, multiple. He went to multiple camps this summer. Yeah. It is he's trying to learn to carry the puck more. He says that basically his thought was when he his first couple years in the league, he feels like he's he's too quick to give up the puck. Mm -hmm. And he, he wants to be able to bring a puck out of a corner and go to the net and either get a shot on goal or or set up something as opposed to just like getting it off the stick and getting to open ice or getting to the net. So yeah. he spent a lot of his, I don't know, I want to say a lot, but he did make a concerted effort to do um, more drills, uh, more stick handling drills. He was one of the ones that did the um, 
I think it's Power Edge Pro. He was, yeah, he was he was joking about it. He was like the first time I did it, I just I, I was awful. I you know, and you're, he's in a camp with Connor McDavid, and he's watching Connor McDavid. <laughs> he's been Never doing a thing. It. He's been doing it since twelve years old too. He's like the poster child for the the, the Power Edge Pro. And then, then uh, Andy Anderson does it, and he's like, "Oh my God, I was just terrible." And he goes, <laughs> "Slowly, I, I I started to get it a little bit, and and that's I think what he's trying to add to his game this year is a little bit more ability to hold on to the puck and make plays." Because that, I mean, a Jenner Dubinsky Anderson line would be a serious chuck it in deep and go get it line, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Allison, you made this point a couple of years ago. And I, I can't not watch Boone Jenner play now without thinking of it. <laughs> You've ruined Boone Jenner for me. Um, it's like our our friend Todd Jones's wife, Deb Birch, ruined a line from the Avid Brothers song. I, just, I can't listen to the song again without thinking of it. Damn it. Um, he, he sees that blue line as a oh, almost like a force field where you must throw the puck in at that blue line. Like – an allergy to controlled zone entries. Is he still, is he still that way? <laughs> yes. It's, it's like a little mini celebration when you have a Boone Jenner controlled entry, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but right. you know, and that's, that is the flip of that is what I mentioned earlier is that the guys he plays with appreciate his ability to dump the puck in the right way. Right. right. So it, it, for him, it's in part an expression of his skill and there is, starting to come out of a lot of the work that people are doing with some of the the kind of data that tracks entries and things like that dumping the puck in if you can retrieve it is fine that's not we're we're starting to kind of fine tune how you can still think that's an okay approach sure. as opposed to going oh dump and chase that's terrible um yeah. but yes he, he and this is where what Tom just expressed about Anderson that's where those two could really complement each other um, because Anderson has been keenly aware. He was talking about how good Boone Jenner was at dumping the puck at the beginning of last season. So if Josh has been able to really build up his retrieval and control of the puck skill, that could work. But yeah. I would still love to see Boone carry it in a little bit more. It's, it's, it's a joyous thing for Boone to right. bring the puck into the zone with control. Celebrate. Um yeah, I mean, you you do want that line though. If they stay together, you want those guys working below the hash marks for sure, because that's that's where the damage is done. So if those three are together and Dubois is with uh, Panarin and Atkinson, then and these are all tentative. We stress at least most of them are. The second line looks like Felino, Wenberg, Bjorkstrand. Now, this is interesting to me because it would suggest that maybe Bjorkstrand's in line for some bigger minutes which I think uh, the numbers tell me this, if I'm correct, fourth among forwards in scoring, 14th among forwards in ice time hmm. last year. Now, that's a little unfair because Vanek comes in right. uh, late and, and some of the numbers are, are puffed up. But his, his, maybe he was 10th in ice time, but he's way down in ice time. They have to figure out ways to get him uh, more ice time. And in order for him to really come to life, of course, anybody on that line, Wenberg's got to get going. Um, where, where are we at with, with that? I mean, Wenberg is my God, I think the second year in a row, we, we look at the forwards and go, it's all about Wenberg. If Wenberg is a 60 point guy or can sniff that again, then, then, okay. You got yourself 
a pretty good second line there. Uh, is it just that simple, Tom? Yeah, well, I don't think it should be all on him, but I, I do think the, the first two conversations we've heard from John Cotarello this year, I talked to him on the phone once in the summer, and then I think in media day, he you can tell that he's very concerned about the center ice. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a real concern, and he knows that Wenberg has to be better, uh, A, to get them to the playoffs, and B, to win them around in the playoffs, because we've, we've talked this several times in this division uh, you're not, you know, you look at the centers in Pittsburgh, you look at the centers in Washington, they're terrific. If you, you let's say you somehow get out, then you got to go against either Toronto's centers or Tampa Bay centers. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a really tough way to get into, into the playoffs and then through the playoffs down the middle of the ice. If you're not good, strong enough, I think Dubois, we all think is going to take another step this year. Um, to be even better. Wenberg, I don't know. Is he going to be the guy two years ago that looked like he was on the verge of being a breakout player? Or is he somewhere in between last year and the year before? I don't know. I, I can't, I have not been able to get a read on him. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that leaves, uh, with, that leaves the fourth line then with Nash as of today in the middle. And Tom, to your point, if, the, I would not be surprised at all to see a Wenberg struggle lead to a, a a flip with Nash going up into that spot, just to see it. Yeah. Just to see it. But that leaves uh, on his wings either Duclair, Hanekinen on the right, and perhaps Milano and Sedlak on the left. All of those guys uh, in there except Milano. So, so Duclair, Hanekinen, and Sedlak all have one ways. Milano has a two-way. They could keep 14 for sure. But now you're, you're looking at a fourth line of Duclair, Hanekinen with Nash in the middle or Milano on the left, Duclair on the right. That seems to be the, I don't know, seems to be the odds on at this point. But again, early. Um, you wonder what that, how can that fourth line be what it was a couple years ago and not just a, a storage facility for forwards that don't fit elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. what it was most of last season. Right. And so, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Like in July, people are saying, how could they let Vanek go? How could they let Latestu go? And now we're going, wow, how are they going to fit these guys in here? And we haven't talked about Alex Broadhurst, who they really like. Eric Robinson, right on the cusp. Jonathan Davidson, uh, who goes back to Sweden if he doesn't make it here. Uh, Nathan Garibay is a guy that's played in the NHL quite a bit. Zach Dalpy, same thing. Got some question marks, and they've got some, they've got some talent there brimming at the at the forward. I have not been a big fan of Vitaly Abramov here early in the camp, and I don't know if that's just because of his wrist. But guys like him, you're expecting to really make a push. Um, have not seen it. Didn't like Thurkoff last night necessarily. Um, Ryan McGinnis, I didn't think was great last night. Nobody looked really good last night. Maybe the legs are still weary, uh, but that's sort of how the forwards are shaken down. If we go to the back end, a uh, little bit of a question on the front front pairing is: is can is Wierenski going to be back and ready uh, following shoulder surgery uh, to play at the start of the regular season? He has skated on his own and he has taken part in drills, the non-contract 
contact drills with the Blue Jackets. And one gets just in passing with him the other day said he's getting close. So the expectation is maybe that he is full go here before the end of camp, which would be really good. But let's just bank on Wierenski and Jones being the top pair because that's certainly what it looks like. Interesting chat with Brad Shaw last night after the game. One of the things that they're looking at is who's going to take Ian Cole's minutes or Jack Johnson's minutes on the penalty kill. Because those two guys, you almost look at them as penalty kill type defensemen. At least I do. And that's a void there. Almost as much as Calvert is up on the uh, on at the forward, losing him to free agency. What's he do in the kill there on the back end? He The first name out of his mouth was Ryan Murray. Uh, they think Ryan Murray can can be a really good penalty killer. He did pretty well with it late last year. Uh, so maybe you're looking at Murray Savard, or maybe you're looking at Nudavara Savard. Do either of you have a preference there um, to play next to David Savard in the second pair? Well, how did uh, I mean? I and I I'm assuming who who played with uh, Savard last night? Uh, let's see who played with Savard. Kukan. Okay, so it was not Nudavar after they... No, they had, they had Nudie on the left side. Um, I have to grab my cheat sheet here. They had Nudie on the left side. They had Kukan on the left side with Savard. And I had previously seen Kukan on the right side. Um, but a left shot D, so the left side is, is comfortable to him. Uh, but yeah, that, that, those were the looks last night. And, and, oh, you know, again, last night you can't... Stupid to make too much out of last night's game. It was awful. It was awful. Nobody could move. Um, but that's, uh, you know, even for everybody, I suppose. I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they'll, they'll it'll at least, it'll sort itself out, you hope, during camp. Uh, I mentioned this the other day. As much as we've talked about, um, you know, and with good reason, the situation with Bob and the situation with Naren. The situation with Cole is a major is a major issue. I just I think they're really going to I don't want to say struggle, but if that's a major hole that 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 that, that uh, needs to be filled, and I'm not sure which way they go. Not not just with the second line pairing, and because he and he and Sard played so so well together, but as you just mentioned, Bordy, the PK, and yeah. then also the I think the leadership in the room. I think there was just there was a real good chemistry uh, with him and a lot of his teammates, and it'll be interesting to me to see who steps up and fills that. Yeah, I don't know if there is a natural replacement right off the hop because the guys that they're bringing in are younger. Uh, I and I was talking to David David Savard about this, um, and and uh, Shaw had mentioned that he's kind of a leader, and then I talked to Savard. He said, well. Not really, not not in the traditional sense of I'm not going to be the guy that gets in people's face. I'm not the rah rah type of guy. Maybe more by example. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how if, if they try to fill that role that 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 Cole had in the locker room because he was kind of one of those guys that yeah everything gravitated to him, right? Uh, including reporters, by the way. I was going to say. <laughs> Apply our own disappointment to this, Tom. Yeah, no, you know, but I mean, again, this is—I think it'll be very interesting to see how they end up trying to fill that uh, a really big. Uh, I think it's—I think it's a big loss. Yeah, and there's nobody back there that really plays like he does. Like, not, not necessarily as, 
as well as he does. They're not better defensemen or poor defensemen. There's nobody that really has that uh, sandpaper to them. Like Murray's a Murray's a you know, better skater. Oh, sure. maybe a better puck mover when he's anyways when he's healthy. He's all of these things, but nobody has that that snarl, that natural um, competitive grease to him that that Cole does. And let's be honest. That is kind of let's go beyond Cole for a second, but that's the type of player that Savard has worked with best. Right. When 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 Jack Johnson was kind of on top of his game two years ago, when those two formed such a nice pair, and then Cole comes in, and again they're they're similar type, not the exact same players, but similar type of players to Savard. Uh, so we were talking about Cole being gone. How is Savard going to handle? A different, right. a, a different a pair this year. Yeah, um, Allison, tell what is the difference between Nudavara and Murray <laughs> in their games? They're both left side. I, I think one passes the puck maybe. Yeah, yeah. Quicker and Murray skates it more. When Murray's actually your passer. Murray is, and an, I mean, I I say this every time I talk about Ryan Murray, the definitive play, and gosh, it's getting older and older by the minute, but that stretch pass to Ryan Johansson against Arizona at the time, Joey skates him for the goal is one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen. Um, particularly in nationwide arena, but Murray yeah. is your, Murray is your passer. Murray is your distributor. Murray is your, your sees the play happen. He's got excellent hockey vision in my opinion. And nudie, I mean, I was, I was even joking with Savard the other day about, it was a scrimmage, so again, context, all the disclaimers. But Nudie was roving. He was down there in the blue. He was skating it in. He was scoring. N- Nudie is rover light, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah. he's going to be your really offensively minded guy. And that's, for me, you know, in practices at least, Nudie has been paired with Savard. And that's that, to me at least right now, makes sense. And you know, we, we talk about concern because of who Savard has worked best with best with in the past. But I don't know that we've really seen him paired with someone like Nudie or even a Seth or a Z for any significant period of time. And, and what does that look like? It could be something even better that we've just never seen before. Um, right. So I think that as much as Nudie and Murr played together last year and looked really good and were particularly solid as a pairing, I think that they take Nudie to start look at him with Savard and then it's that who's on the other side of Murr. And it's, it's for all of these reasons, tapping into what we were talking about before. I think they only keep 13 forwards because between this alchemy and then also Zach's health, they're going to have to go into the season with eight defensemen, in my opinion. Interesting. And so those other eight would be, I mean, we've talked about five of them. The other eight would be Gabriel. The other three would be Gabriel Carlson, Scott Harrington, or Dean Kukan. I wrote about Gabriel Carlson the other day because for me, he's the guy of those three. You go, wow! Now that the upside of this kid, who knows if he's ready to to fulfill that right now? Um, but the, the in terms of potential, he's a top four guy, a right. big dude who moves really well. Had back problems all last year, or at least two weeks into the season on. It was really in a bad spot at the end of last season with the in the AHL where they the Blue Jackets just parked him um, because of the back. He really couldn't get going. He was playing every other game like they were taking him. They were not playing him in back to back games, um, giving him a, a rest. So that's not a good sign when you're 21 years old. 
Um, but he spent the summer working up his core. He went to Sweden and had treatment and, and core muscle work all summer. Said he feels stronger and and um, ready to go here. So maybe that's the guy on the other side of Murray. So to your point, if they keep eight, it's those it's the first five we talked about and those extra three. Um, uh, real quick news yesterday: Jared Bowl has been brought onto the organization, brought back to the organization, as has Fedor Tutin. Uh, Bowl is assistant director of, or player development assistant or some such thing. He's basically taking Frederick Modine's spot. Uh, Frederick Modine, not with the organization, just took a step back. Uh, his kids are getting older. He's spending more time coaching with his kids. And Fedor Tutin is a part-time pro scout. So these Blue Jackets are sticking around. Fedor Tutin and his family are moving back to Columbus uh, permanently next summer. So yet another alum uh, staying put in Columbus. Anything else you guys wish to add before you head out uh, on your daily duties? All good. All good. Tom, are you still with us? Is the omelet complete? Oh, it was it was fantastic. What was in it? What was in it? Was it a Western? Uh, no, it's, uh, I don't know what they called it. It was cheese and bacon. Cheese and, and what? Terminalized onions. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I'm hungry now. Thanks for joining us, uh, folks. And you, we, please, if you if you don't have a subscription yet, but you're listening to this thinking, geez, I need a subscription. Fire up theathletic.com. And then slash front and nationwide. That's spelled out front A N D nationwide. Now there's a seven week trial and a discounted subscription rate in there for you. And also special thanks to uh, David Cook Music who came up with that fantastic theme song. You'll hear one coming in. You hear one coming out. Uh, David Cook is a great musician. We're glad to have him be part of this. At David Cook Music on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you all on Friday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.